healthcare. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Nearly a two-word review just a shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the last minute. That right there is a lot of Welcome back to The Basement, fellow music lovers. You are now tuning in to yet another exciting adventure with us here on Chunky Glasses, the podcast. I am your host, Kevin, as usual, and we are uh, happy to present to you a very special episode of of, uh, of our little show here, uh, sort of celebrating our good friend Aaron Abernathy's album release. He made this album, Dialogue, uh, so he made it super quick, he made it uh, super powerfully, uh, he made it super good, um, and uh, we've all sort of been circulating this around us for the past few months, and just really itching to talk about this, because as you'll hear us say at the end of this very long podcast, uh, it is the best album of the year, full stop. Uh, this is an important album, this speaks to our times, it speaks to where we came from, where we hopefully will be going, uh, and it's not just about... Uh, black culture, uh, although it's focused on that, it is about us as human beings and our ability to communicate, to carry on a dialogue uh, to, in the efforts of trying to make the world a better place. And so that's what we did. Uh, Mr. Marcus K. Dowling is down here. Uh, our friend Eduardo sitting in the chair, which he was banned from. See, that's dialogue. We talked. It was like, hey, man, get in the chair um, to talk about... Uh, this and and you know we talked a little about the music and then it sort of opens up into a conversation about these issues civil rights issues racism sexism uh any ism really uh that that listening to this and the songs that ab created and the message that he was putting forth uh hopefully are going to bring out in you when you hear this album when you hear this discussion um this is a conversation type of conversation i think we're going to keep going on occasionally uh, certainly next Thursday when uh, you're going to get to hear from Av himself about how he created this album but uh, it's uh, it's important and it's important to me as the person who produces all this uh, to provide sort of a forum for that so you know mixed in with uh, the music talk I mean we've always skewed a little political here but mixed in with the music talk and, and music episodes you might have a little um, episodes on, on, on doing social good if that's okay with you guys uh, if not, we're going to do it anyways, because it needs to be done, even in our little uh, sparsely habitated part of the internet. Um, so, so hopefully you're here for that, and hopefully you strap, you strap in. This might take a day or two to get through, uh, but I promise you it's worth it. Uh, so, uh, get comfortable. Maybe you're commuting. Uh, look forward to this the next few mornings. Maybe you... Uh, Maybe you just want to spend some time with us. You love the sound of our voices. And uh, and get ready to get immersed in, in the best album of 2017 right here, right now. Uh, here we go. Uh, me and the crew talking about our good friend Aaron Abernathy's new album, Dialogue.
created for. We should just bring back public crotch chopping at this point. <laughs> public what? Public crotch chopping. Oh my god. Walk around. Ah! It's, I, I mean, <laughs> if, you get, if you get four people to co-sign a public <laughs> crotch uh, chop, you get, get to do guys. it. That should be the rule. Let <laughs> me... It's talking to that man. <laughs> one, two, one, two. Okay, guys, this has nothing to do with Ab's album. We're pretty, we're pretty, <laughs> pretty fucking, far. This is pretty much the opposite of Ab's album. Uh, I'm gonna leave it in. Uh, I'm gonna leave it in though because it's an example, I think, of of why uh, we necessarily need this album so much here in 2017. Uh Welcome back, Eduardo. I said you could never sit in that chair, and uh, well, I claimed it like my fucking birthright. There it is. <sighs> yeah. wow, as, a ma- as a male. As a, as a male. <laughs> yeah. You know, a state senator sat in that chair. So I just started listening to that episode. Do you feel worthy? I, I don't. I don't. Right. I... Fucking right. You aren't worthy. Well, <laughs> fucking, but, fucking but you, A right, man. This is how you set up the mic, dude. I just, I just go where the microphone You could have sat there. But, no, but, but a good friend, Mr. Dallin, always sits there. Hello, how you doing, hello. Marcus? I am well. Um, we have been waiting a good while to talk about this. We brought it up on, I think, every podcast for at least the past uh, four months. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. It's been like four months, yeah. It It, it is now here. Uh, we are talking about our brother, Aaron Ab Abernathy's uh, masterpiece. It isn't so much a view. We're just going to explain it to you. Yeah. Like, basically, yeah. Uh, dialogue. Uh, you know, we gushed last year, and so I think this is my number one or number two album, uh, about monologue. And monologue was, uh, first of all, it blew our minds, Marcus. It, it was because this is the stuff we grew up on, right? Right in the wheelhouse. Right yeah. in the wheelhouse. It, it, it is old school soul, but it is mixed with, like, 80s soul, little night. It's like everything. It's dentist office music to me. Yeah. It's, it is every it is everything to everything. It is It was a masterpiece. It got, in no small part, because of your efforts with Pitchfork, yeah. him a deal with a record label in Japan. Absolutely. Where Ab, normally the joke is big in Japan. Ab is actually big yeah. in Japan. He was the soul <laughs> artist of the year for 2016. <laughs> No, best best story about this is that you can't win the Soul Artist of the Year twice in Japan, like in back to back years. We're about to find out, I no, guess. We're, right? No, we're about to so find out. Here's what's funny is that like he's not nominated to be the Soul Artist of the Year in Japan in 2017 with the release of this record, which well, is crazy. Well, then I'm oh. going to have to align with our president's policies, <laughs> right? And it's, do it's, something about them Japanese. It's a fascinating thing. It's like yeah, it's just a little. Just a quick little comment about Chunky Glasses mythology, which if you just started listening to this or if you're listening to this for some random reason and you don't know Kevin's comment about the de- the dentist office or, or what that means or how that came <laughs> yeah, about, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you have a you have a you have there's a world out there for you to explore yes. in Chunky Glasses past to find yeah, out yes. what uh, the, the brief explanation is, is that if you grew up in a segregated city in the 80s or even the 90s, I guess you wouldn't hear soul music. You wouldn't hear R&B except the dentist office, the dentist office or, or the African-American secretaries would be playing exactly exactly yes so that's our shorthand you caught up everybody everybody's good (laughs) um at any rate after monologue uh we talked to him there's a great interview with him yes uh, that i did uh around the time that came out uh aaron abernathy is comes from a family civil rights movement his uncle is ralph abernathy yeah Mm -hmm. uh look him up Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like the actual, you should, you should know him, but he should, he's yeah, he the should. guy. He's the guy behind the guy who actually yes. did the guy's job. Yes, 
Like, there you go. Um, but uh, originally from Cleveland, went to Howard, lives now in Washington, D.C., considers himself a D.C. native, lives east of the river even. Yes. Yeah. It's powerful. That I mean, it's going to tie into this uh, a little bit. Yeah. And uh, he sort of has risen, had, had fame in, like, this very specific genre of what he does. If you look at stuff, Monologue wasn't his first album. And if you look at the stuff he did before that, it, it was playing into stereotypes of what R and B is. Right. And you know he's 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 well quaffed or quaffed or I don't know words. It doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, and but and he's playing like this smoother R and B jazz, the stuff that you talk about a lot, which is just yeah. like like nighttime. Right. <laughs> let's, let's get to it. With 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 uh, monologue. He took a step forward, and I think that was a new small part due to like him working with uh, Black Milk, yeah, uh, his friend who has also been down here in this basement for a a, a project that is no longer in existence, yeah. getting over R.I.P. Yeah, um, but uh, he he worked with him for a while, and when you went to see Black Milk, you would see Black Milk with Nat Turner, right? Mm-hmm. And Nat Turner uh, was Aaron and his band from here. Uh, and I'll put the names in the show notes. I'm too lazy to look them up right, right. now. But this is a fail on my part. Just be aware that this is a, a they are the phenomenal. Best, they are the best band in DC. Like mm-hmm. by by a great and large margin. Like like other other people who play in bands where there are guitars and drums. Yeah. Have have told me upon seeing them one time that they're just like, yeah, these guys are better than than we could ever be. Because I'm a, because I'm a bass. Whore, basically, uh, Malik Hunter on bass, like, yeah. and he gives a shout on this, but he is, he is in there. But look, that's not the point I'm trying to make here. They're the best band in DC and uh, maybe the country, if I'm being honest. And he came out of that, he played a bunch of shows and says, Hey, uh, I'm gonna continue this. And the intention was always for an album after this to be called Epilogue, right? Which, in hindsight, guys. If you think about this, works perfectly. No, I think you're missing a point. Maybe a middle part. Well, dialogue—the album that we're talking about—is yeah, the one that fits right, right in between. But he didn't—he right? didn't know it was, it was going to come. We're going to talk to him about that. But what happened was uh, our country got fucked, and uh, and we fucked ourselves. We fucked ourselves. Is the, is the right way yeah. to say yeah. it. It wasn't some external thing. It was—it was done and, by people who are. The worst kinds of natives. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like this was a fully American disaster. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and I mean, executed by and, the American. And so public. if you mm-hmm. remember, like right after the election, I had uh what we'll refer to as the uh, black journalist contingent yes. right over here. I forget what we were even talking about, but we talked for an hour before about the election and we talked about like you guys' fears and my fears and uh at the same time what we didn't know is that Ab was across the river really internalizing all this stuff, and then he just decided to do something yeah, about I'm, it. I'm going to lead in with a story about yeah. this, this um, album. Uh, I was at Decades with my, my friend Mercy and with Ab. Ab came to a nightclub. Now, if you know Aaron Abernathy in real life, this is like that's not that's not likely this is, to happen. This is literally like 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 seeing a, a wild falcon in public. <laughs> like you're just like, oh my god! So he came out, and we're we're standing on the hip hop floor, decades, and it's like so. There's this moment where you know, like we're there, and it's like a room full of like young millennial white people screaming the n word 
just over and over and over and over again. And then Ab looks Good at me Lord. and he goes, I'm working on a record. I'm working on a couple of records that make me feel awkward while I'm standing in this room. And then he's like, <laughs> I'm not, I don't want you to send this to anybody else in the world, mm-hmm. but I'm going to send you some stuff from what now has become dialogue. And this was, Lord, this must have been March, April, maybe. And uh, it's, it's like, it's fascinating because like, it's rare to, to hear music that has been lived in. Like, that's a rare mm. thing yep. in this era because people make music so disposably and so almost carelessly in a way. Like, to hear, and even like when Kendrick did The Pimper Butterfly, because everybody compares everything to Pimper to Pimp Butterfly, and the cover here is black and white, so people will inevitably make that comparison. People yeah. that are slow thinkers in that way will be like, oh yeah, black and white cover. Oh yeah, black and white cover. Same thing. But it's not. Like, the thing that made Pimper Butterfly cool is in the sense that these guys, a group of people, a large group of people got together and made this one, like, album. But this is, like, one person sitting down every in day. In a basement. In a basement, in their own head, like, working through their own issues and crafting an entire album largely by himself, which is and amazing. And it starts off like this, and then after you hear a little bit of this, we're going to... Uh, we don't often do this, but we are going to work through kind of the whole album. Um, I have to. And uh, but this is uh, Aaron Abernathy's daily prayer. I have the courage and the attitude to raise the standard and set the mood. The time to live in and the critical. Nobody said the world was spiritual. I pray I make it to the afterlife. But while I'm here, I'm gonna shine this light. Gonna empower all the pain to fight. We need your strength to help us do what's right. Say what's your purpose, what's your meaning here? I came to service, make it loud and clear. And I don't care the color is the cream. I came to serve all the humanity. Don't just respect what's in your neighbor's eye. When you're still with what this made you blind. Just seek the kingdom and you see the light. We need your strength to help us do what's right. Do what's right. And I need you. Daily Prayer leads off Aaron Abernathy's dialogue. This is, um, you know, he, we were sort of joking about seeing him in a club. Uh, this is something I, I don't, I hope he wouldn't mind us talking about. Like, this is a guy who has a whole lot of faith. All of it. A whole lot of faith. Yeah. He, he identifies as Christian, and, and uh, until something like this, I don't generally respect because I grew up outside of fall, a lot of this stuff, but we, Ab and I, and we're going to have this conversation with him later on this week that uh, faith is in America right now a somewhat poison effort. Yeah. And until you find somebody like Ab. And when I hear that song as somebody who does not believe in God, as somebody who does not have faith like that, right? I, I 
I remember that I I uh, believe in the vibes, <laughs> and and I think that's what it's all about. I think that's what this is all about. You know, in in these troubling times, what follows from here and that we're going to get into isn't just his own experience. It <clears throat> is almost a guidebook in the way that like Marvin Gaye's "What's Going On" was mm-hmm. for for processing the times that we're in. There are many tools that we've tried to. We just talked about earlier this week, Kamasi Washington. Right. That's one tool. Mm-hmm. That is, and and that was, and we got out there. And no, we weren't high, people. I've got those emails. We were not high, <laughs> but we we got out there with with what this means, the cosmic vibrations and stuff. And and this is what somehow Ab in his basement by himself thinking and having friends along the way, right? Like somehow hit on this. And like that song, just in itself, if you put that on, if you put that on every morning, you're going yeah. to work and you're feeling like a fucking champion. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this: um, I haven't heard an album that's good in 15 years. I yeah, huh. I I'm, like, and and yeah. uh, and 15 years ago, R&B was this like newly like reinvigorated space where you had like the Roots and D'Angelo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Blau. You're naming all the names. And Macy <laughs> yeah. Gray. Yep. And Music Soul Child. And all of these artists who had like pop sensibilities, but also cared a lot about the integrity of their music. And a lot of that care about integrity. And cared a lot about the 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 safety and uh, security of not just African-American people, who the people you all right. named were African, but, but also their communities in general. Yeah. and And a lot of that comes from... The church first, yeah. Like that's the the key, and I, and it's funny because like soul music has gone all the way away from the church now. Like we've almost like bastardized right. the idea that this music comes from the church. When you look at like you know guys who also came from the church, like Chris Brown and Trey Songs, and you know August Alsina or whomever you want to name, that's you know a a um, future. All these artists who you know again all came from the church. But who all like at some point would drastically awry and ended up in this kind of like sex first, not God first R and B. And the thing that happens when you again put God first when you make this music is that again, it's all based on integrity because you don't want to do anything that would embarrass the Lord. Well, there's there's also I think a really I mean, I think Kevin alluded to this a little bit. I think by and large American Christianity is kind of a failed institution. Yeah. If it's what, supposed yes. to if it's yes, supposed to promote fair. empathy and get people to 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 behave like Jesus Christ and yeah. to be kind to the people that Jesus would be to and to hold Jesus's values like American Christianity has failed and we know this because a majority of evangelicals voted for Donald Trump. Right. Who's a man who fails to embody even the like shallowest virtue that Christ might have might have possessed. Right. Um but I think the the What's interesting about about the the way it sort of plays here is that it's I keep thinking about, um, you know, the the concept that Martin Luther King would use all the time in his speeches, um, uh, particularly uh, leading up to um, the March on Washington, which was the sort of the three kinds of love and that and, and the idea that we have to arrive at the at the agape, the universal love. Right. Right. And so since to pimp a butterfly is already on the table, you know, that's, that's, I, I view that album as, as the story of the journey from, from self hate to self love. Right. But there's, but there's a self there. Yeah. Right. And what's amazing about this album is like, 
the music, it doesn't seem like there's any choices being made. It just seems like the music is kind of happening, right? It has this like weird, like it's sort of, it's, it's not root. It's not temporal. It's not, it's not a today sound. It's not a yesterday sound. It's an all the time sound. Yeah, right. there's these samples that it's just it's all happening at once. It's like all of history. Well, much like the Kamasi album is truth. Yeah, yeah. right. I, it's, and, it's and, I, I don't know any way other, but I, I mean, I you said 15 years. I haven't heard an album like this since Marvin Gaye's was going on. Since yeah. the first time I heard it, an album has not affected me in the same way this did because there's some vibration going on here. Like you said, it just is existing um, in a space that. Literally nobody occupies today. It it just doesn't nobody. sound like anything. You know, you know, you get you you get the sort of the spoken word interludes and these samples, and so that sort of brings you back into the past. You have this very kind of swampy sound, but then all of a sudden these like the thin reedy sort of are those James Brown guitars? Are they right. Fela guitars? Like what you know? It's and then with like Shananas thrown yeah. thrown throughout. So it's yeah. sort of like you get this. Like I've been describing this album to people as. Uh, and this is this is reductive, and hopefully Ab would not take offense to this. But it's sort of like it would be a Marvin Gaye album played by D'Angelo and the Vanguard. Yep. Okay. Yeah. But but it's but it's actually way more than that. And so I don't I don't I don't mean like because I actually like this album better than Black Messiah. Maybe crazy that you um, say that because I was thinking about um, D'Angelo. When I was on my way over here, mm-hmm. and I was thinking about Voodoo, which is one of the most critically acclaimed and critically lampooned albums of the last twenty five years. It's the thing that makes Voodoo like not as great as any other thing that D'Angelo has ever done. Right. Is the curious choice to leave all the dirt in the mix. Yeah. So it's like it's like a Wu Tang record, but it's like a, it's like an R and B Wu Tang record. Because yeah. just it's it's like laden in dust. Like everything about this record is just like dusty and heavy and hard and not right. smooth. And it doesn't like hit you like with the crispness of like so much other music from that era, like you know, like all the people we talked about, like Music Soul Child, and and even even more so, like uh, somebody like a Bilal. But is but is that a trick? I mean, because that's easily achieved in production, right? But it's well, I'll say that it's the thing that, and it's 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 the thing that was done on purpose to make that record be more like rootsy. Like there was a very right. definite desire from D'Angelo in making that record where you go back and listen to it. Like I did on the way over here to make it rootsy. Like it really had to be rooted mm-hmm. in something other than kind of like this airy ephemeral, like brown sugar cruising sort of space, which is very Motown, very early eighties. And if you look at D'Angelo, you're like, cause D'Angelo and Av have a lot in common. Yeah. Like yeah. as like artists and it's like, okay, so I'm going to get out of that and I'm going to do like the polar opposite. And I'm going to do this cool little production trick to like keep all of like the fuzz in there so that it doesn't sound so right. pretty. But that- and, and, that, but, and, and again, like to this record, this record sounds pretty and it sounds lush and full, mm-hmm. but it comes from this space that should be like heavier and harder. So, yeah, that's, yeah, why, so yeah. that's why it hits in a different way. I think... Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think I think having a little bit of a filter um, and having the sound not be clean on this album, because I have the same discomfort that Kevin has, where like I just don't really listen to religious music. I mean, mm-hmm. 
I don't, I don't want to say I don't not listen to it, but but it's but it's usually something that we sort shouldn't of, qualify this as religious music. Yeah, no, 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 it's not, it's not. But 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 even even music with religious themes can be sort of a struggle unless it's unless it's sort of very traditional or or unless mm. some for some reason I give it a pass, you know, and and who knows what my criteria is for that. I I, I think the context of this album, even though there is religiosity through it. It's it's really it's it's all in the title. It's all in that in the message of that opening song, right. which which isn't necessarily addressing the Almighty. It's also addressing all of us, right? And it's right. And it's sort of a plea for, and that's right. that's the point of the dialogue is that, um, unlike, unlike unlike the you know Kendrick getting to self love, this is an album of like I already love myself. What I need is for all of us to love one another, yeah, and I need all of us to recognize each other's worth. It's funny because like the album itself is asking a lot of questions uh, throughout this, and we're going to jump around the the tracks, but the, I want to I want to get to this one right now. But it's ask, asking a lot of questions. But the track I'm going to play is the only one that actually has a question mark in yeah. the thing, and it's and, my second and, favorite and we're going to album, and, and we're going to talk about this with you specifically because I think it does speak to the black community. Uh, more so than us asshole honkies, but uh, but this is uh, "Am I Good Enough to Love?" and this is all the songs are my favorite, but this is your second favorite. So, so this is "Am I Good Enough to Love?" Over bad, but to care for you. I've done everything that you asked me to do. I'm a fool of compassion and empathy. I don't have perfection, it's not in me. And I don't make money the way you do. I'm ashamed, I can provide that way for you. Jobs trying to contribute. But question if you value what I do. Yes, I'm insecure. Yes, I am unsure. Who I am is enough for you. I work hard every day, and I give you my everything. But I will walk away if I'm not good. So, Emma, you're enough to love. This is, uh, you have Fonte basically talking, uh, his friend Fonte, who shows yeah. up on Monologue. Little brother. And talking about things that you hear often from African-American communities, African-American uh, youth, African-American, like, middle-aged people, like, or not middle-aged, but, you know, 20s and 30s and stuff. And this is not, even though we all share the same common experience. You're never going to hear a white person talk about that eloquently 
or even honestly express concern in it. It's it's there, and 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 I think in and maybe in all communities that tension that that stuff creates in the world, uh, you know, in, if it's repressed in like white southern communities, it means like you hit your girlfriend. So right, yeah. There's a level of like manic depressive doubt that is a part of the black male situation in America. Right, right, right. Now, right. Where like. You don't know if you're good enough to like live. Mm-hmm. Then you don't know if That's you're nowadays. like. What's up? <laughs> That's nowadays. Yeah, like you don't know if you're good enough <laughs> yeah. to live. Yeah, you don't know if you're good enough to work. I should clarify, that's the song nowadays. I don't mean that that's only the yeah. case nowadays. Right. For the listeners who might not know the album. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. So, I'm not, like, not sitting yeah, here yeah. saying all lives so, matter. Yeah, like, you're, not good enough to, you're not good enough to live. You're not good enough to work. Um, if you're a black man and you're seeing African-American women just winning at this level that like, we've never seen black women win before, are you even good enough to love? Like, that's the real question. Like... Am I am I of a worth level to exist in a cohabitative space or even just in a love space with another person, um, even but, on a familial level? Which again, you see that introspection in the African American community. In the white community, you just see Harvey Weinstein. Right, right. That, I mean, that's how it expresses right, no, itself. It's, it's, it, and, 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 and look, that does not mean that it doesn't express itself that way sometimes in all communities. No, no, and the fact that but it at least you get that sense yeah, of introspection. And the fact that Av is so religious is what keeps it from that self-loathing point where somebody gets hit. Like, mm-hmm. if this were a future record, then bitch is getting smacked up. Yeah. That's just happening. Um, If it's a Kendrick record, yeah, it's, that's yeah, happening. It's, it's a toss-up. <laughs> no, no, it's, I talked to a friend who saw the tour uh, at Cap, Cap One Center now. Yeah, hey. oh, yeah. Yeah, and said, uh, this is a uh, woman, Erica Bruce, uh, used to do live work for City Paper until they killed their live work, and right. now they're up for sale. So. There <laughs> it is, figure. and there um, it is. But, but, uh, but, you know, the end of the show saw Kendrick, like, after, like, I guess opening raw nerves, which he does, uh, but walking into a glowing light between the legs of a woman. Right. Yeah. Basically walking into her vagina. Yeah. And then and looking back and winking. Right. And so the, this big screen's got a close-up. And the women in the audience were like, I thought he was humble. <laughs> I, mean, I thought he was humble. I mean, but, humility. But it's, that's, that's the whole thing. It's like... But that's, but that's the whole thing. So it's there's... Like, there's a thing about being truly God fearing in this because mm-hmm. there's a, okay. So there's like this, this gets into the duality of religion in the African American community. There's the sense of being God fearing yeah. in the way that you adore and appreciate the Lord's word and you view the Lord's word as law. Then there's a sense of being God fearing where you yourself believe that you are a God and that mm. whatever you do is godlike in your essence. Are we on Kanye? We, we're in the same. They're in the same. Like yeah. Kendrick doing that is he's right yeah. in the same. Because yeah. that's what happens. Well, when, and, that, and then there's also. And then there's even more to that point about this song, is the fact that being able to like walk that line and not get to the point of being self-loathing. Mm-hmm. Like, on a Kend- if this were a Kendrick record, if this were an Anderson Pac record, there'd be something at the end where the, the track would drop out, 
and there would be some kind of freestyle rap or some kind of skit or some kind of thing that would take place. But this thing just rides out because there's a there's an awareness. I mean, it, of, it, it would be pussy this, pussy that, pussy, yeah. pussy, pussy. Right, yeah. right. There's an awareness, though, that you have to elevate. And again, that comes from spirituality. Like when you're an inherently spiritual And the creative. history of soul music. Right, but we haven't had that history in the room in that spe- that particular history in, God, 45 years? Yeah, no. I, I think there's like, a really... Uh, you haven't, you know? Yeah, we're yeah. About to, we're, I think we're about to like sound very puritanical. Like here, but that's but, the but the, point. Reality, but the reality is, it's like all the hits that uh, that honestly got your folks to fuck and make you kids were not all about pussy this, pussy that, give me my dick. Like it's right. there, yeah. there's none of that. And and like I wrote, uh, a, yeah, I wrote about um Teddy Pendergrass recently, uh, and um the yes. thing that makes Teddy great is that, and we're probably gonna do a longer thing about Teddy at some we point. Are. Teddy <laughs> Pendergrass is amazing because Teddy Pendergrass. Talked about everything. He's the king of foreplay. In the sense that, like, he talked about, like, actually, he's the king of pre-foreplay. He talked yeah. about everything <laughs> leading up to foreplay humanly possible on record. Like, turn off the lights. He's like, turn off the lights. Forcefully, turn them off. Strike a candle. We're going to take a shower. <laughs> You know, like, I'm going to rub you in oil. Right. But there's no mention... Of of the act. Of the act. Right. Because, again, Teddy, another artist who... Inherently spiritual. And in no way would want to even encourage that level of... Well, and I can't believe we're we're actually talking about this in these terms. Like, it, it, it brings to mind, like, the question of that type... That explicitity... Uh, is, is that a word? No. Explicitness. Explicitness. Yeah. yeah, I like my word better, dude. Explicitity. <laughs> it's it's a little hard to say. Yeah. Man. Silent explicitity. <laughs> oh. Queen Drake's new hit. Um, <laughs> but uh, but but uh, the the explicitness of it, it, what the place of that is in in pop music period. We we know what it's occupied, and we all enjoy some of it, right? And honestly, there would be no prince without that. The, ex- the explicitity. <laughs> yeah, but, the but there's a thing that, that comes and it's and it's in um the, the, the songwriting here. Um when you write to the rhythm of the music that mm-hmm. you've created, um, instead of like writing to like the goal of uh like okay, so like there's two things. It's like if you write to the rhythm of the music and the music carries you to a point, then you write explicitly to what you were thinking when you were creating the music. Then there's another thing where you write explicitly to a goal where it's like the goal of this song is to fuck this bitch. Mm-hmm. Like, and we're going to go and fuck her. You're talking about the chain smokers, right? Talk about also, there's a, also, there's a lit- also future. Although future has already future he's talking about it after the fact. R. Yeah. Kelly <laughs> and yeah. Trey songs right, and yeah, everybody right. in the R and B genre, pretty much that's not Ab and those like Ab, mm-hmm. of which there are many. And but like he's at this place where like he's so caught in a good way. I mean, okay, so like in the greater pop conversation regarding dialogue, which I have to think about when I think about possibly having to review this record. And the greater pop conversation regarding dialogue. This is the thing that that may weigh it down. And we have to be honest and be okay. 
critical in a positive way where like and this is only positive in the sense that like this is the garbage fire that the world is right now but like if you write a song with a melody in your heart you lose so much of the explicitness that makes people care about pop music right now yeah like you lose so much of it because you're caught well, you're so caught up in like getting that melody sharper and getting that harmony to like pop and 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 damn. and you know do what it's supposed to do and blossom like a lot of the harmonies to, on this album blossom to counter that though i would offer up this song because there's no compromises here and this is this is your this isn't your favorite song this, no, is, this is number three no, we not know what number one is. Yeah, I know what number one is, but but this was the first single off the album, and yeah. uh, if you can distinguish what time period you're in after hearing this, and uh, well, yeah, it's incredible because it, what it means is that the person who's asking that question has absolutely no idea what black people have gone through, what black people have experienced in this country since the time the first black person was kidnapped from the shores of Africa. With Children of the City. I feel like that that song, you know, when it comes on the first time you're hearing the album, is just such a clear kind of. It's. I mean, you've already heard the calling card with Daily Prayer, but then that song hits you, and it's and it's very clear that this you're going to be spending a while in an album that's about. It's about uh, the um, the universality of certain problems. It's it's explicitly uh, explicitity 
about 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 silent explosives about <laughs> the queen's rag song about about uh blackness and about issues facing the african-american community and and even though i loved am i good enough to love like as a song the first time i heard it it took me a few listens to understand why there was a song that seemed to be about romantic love in an album that seems to be so broadly about social ills and right. social problems and 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 even again, I I loved "Am I Good Enough to Love" from the first time I heard it. I just kept thinking like, I don't know if the song belonged on this album. And it took me a moment to realize that that's actually the thing that anchors this album, not in some broader problem, but in a very specific. Um, and it's and, the it's the only real time that you you feel like there's an actual like, and this is there, a positive. Yes, the only right. you feel an actual person. Yes, I was about come, to that, come up right. That that that's into, what makes it cor- corporeal to yeah. use sort of you know yep. uh, kind of uh, uh, Catholic terminology it's the consubstantiality of the uh, of the holy ghost um but but more importantly i think i think what really jumps out at me about the overall just the entire way this album is structured is um i was listening i was uh, just started reading the new um the ta-nehisi coats uh, we were eight years in power book Oh, we're and, getting there. We're, yeah. we're getting there. <laughs> and 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 so i'm only in the first piece which i remember reading at the time it's it's the bill cosby piece yep and what's what's amazing about about that is that when i read it um just as i did the other day uh the first time it was out i remember that the first time i heard the bill cosby the famous pound cake speech was actually because this was in 2003 or 4 mm-hmm. or something i think that 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 happened pre twitter pre uh general internet wokeness and hashtag resist and all these things um, the first time I heard that speech was because I was obsessed with right wing radio in the early 2000s because I thought I had an obligation to try to understand these fucking people Fair out amounts, there. Man. Yeah, and, and, so, and so, so short version, so of the, I, short version of the pound cake speech. Yeah, what, what is it, okay? It's it's basically you know Bill Cosby was receiving an award and he went on a tear against the materialism of black youth and yes. the dissolution of the African American family and where were the men. And why did teenagers care more about sneakers and they were shooting each other over uh, a slice of pound cake? That's sort of the and it was it was frankly an ugly speech. Um, And 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 but 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 the key thing about it for us white folk to understand is that it's it's within a setting of kind of black conservatism versus black not conservatism. Right. And there are there is a there is a very vivid strain of conservatism within the African-American community that i think cosby is is emblematic of the first time i heard the speech was as a fucking gimmick by glenn beck who at that point was completely unknown i would listen to right-wing radio all day long because i thought again i have i have to understand i have to engage with these people to be able to defeat them and this guy who was a nobody at the time i kept telling them this guy glenn beck he understands entertainment he's really good at this teased something by saying when we come back from break my thoughts about the blacks and he went and read the entire Bill Cosby speech. And at, and you're horrified. And at the end of it, he said, oh, by the way, I didn't say any of those things. That was from Bill Cosby. So who's racist now? Right. Typical fucking <laughs> asshole, <laughs> asshole, Jesus. nascent alt-right move. But the point of it is, is that it's very hard if you're a member of a community to criticize that community within it in a way that doesn't give someone else cover from outside that community to come in and repeat those same ugly right. truths. Right. And this album... This is a roundabout way. Uh, hopefully people are still with us and they haven't thrown things at yeah, their yeah. phone because I said I listened to Glenn Beck for a while. I hated him. <laughs> it made me angry. That's why I listened to it. But, oh God. but the point of it is, is that, is that it's, 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 it's really challenging to, 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 to not give the other right. side ammunition to use against your community. And I, and I think that's the most amazing thing about this album. That's what songs like Children of the City do. 
right? Which I get, like, I hear, I hear the opening bit, of, um, you know, that, that sort of question of violence. And I think of all the fucking social media arguments post Charlottesville about, well, violence, you know, anyone who uses violence is wrong. That's a categorically untrue position because it anyone, is. anyone who thinks that would, would have to be against the U.S. involvement in World War II. They'd have to be against the fucking war for independence. Yes. Right. The Revolutionary right. War was right. predicated on violence. Right. Like right. no one is right. categorically against violence. It's a tactic. And a lot of white, comfortable people think it's not called for now. Well, it's an interesting <laughs> right? contradiction throughout this album. It's like it, it, but with what he's trying to achieve. And I, I think uh, and you can tell this through the songs. I'm not, I'm not speaking for him. I'm, I'm just saying from what. The songs are illustrating are these different viewpoints of of African American life specifically and specifically under or since and we're talking within weeks of yeah, Donald he, Trump. He recorded taking, the album in forty days between uh, inauguration day and the end of February. Right. So Shit, a, I drank twenty bottles of whiskey during yeah. forty days. Like I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't write so, an email, right, let right, alone right. an album. And so, so he did it, and so we're talking about. This, this perspective of of this person living through that, I, and just this is it is the rawest reaction to the Trump presidency that I have heard. It's mm-hmm. it's the cra- and because yeah. uh, it's positive, it's constructive. It's actually saying it's actually saying we, it's yeah, actually saying we all need, we all need to talk. There's a, there's <laughs> a we all need to talk, but at the same time, I, I think we can we can start to lean towards this. You know, there is. At the center of this album, this song that we played for Kamasi, we yeah, played yeah, out yeah. in the Kamasi album, that is, uh, besides being a great fucking song, it is the rallying cry that I don't know a single other person who could have written this yeah. song, mm. uh, and I don't understand. And this is, goes for a lot of this album. I don't understand how this song got written, but I think neither does Ab. We'll have answers to that. Yeah, yeah. I got, I got yeah. some answers but when it comes to that song. You know, so, yeah. well, well, why don't you deliver the answers after that? We're oh, gonna, no, I am. I am. We, I'm going to wait. We're, I have to hear gonna, the song. We're, we're going to, you know, if you didn't tune into the Kamasi podcast, shame on you, because you would have heard this. But we're going to play it again, because honestly, I think, Dowling, you and I were down here for the first time we heard this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it blew my mind. This was this was the first song you played for me off of it's, this, Kevin, and I, and, and I think, and, darling, and, you were in the kitchen no, or something. It was the best, the and, best moment was like when this. So, like, like brief little story about this song. I heard this song while sitting at two hundred I Street South Southwest at the um, off cable television office mm-hmm. as Ab sat across from me after having you know given me a super early copy of the album because he was like, "You're gonna probably want to review this, so you need to have a copy right now." This album I immediately sent to Kevin Hill. Yeah. Because that's just what you do. Because it's just great music. <laughs> that is what you do. And then we we convened about 90 minutes later. And he goes, Generation. And I said, Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's, that's actually that's awesome. That's, <laughs> actually, yeah, that's awesome. Because there, there are right now, there are three people in the world that I will listen to immediately. And I will lose my job over this, honestly. If I have to, uh, if Chad Clark sends me something, uh-huh. I will listen to it. If Louis Weeks sends me something, I will listen to it. And Aaron motherfucking Amanathi. And when I got this, yeah, just changed my life.
that is begging for dialogue, begging for what we see as peaceful unification. You have a quote here. It's also... It's crying also, out for, an, for, for white America to become an American radical. Relying on texts from the foundation of the country, yes. right? Yeah. To basically remind... Like, and 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 it's and I just so much of that so much of of how you feel about the current mood in the country depends on whether you think America was ever great 
right? Yeah, so, I agree. Yeah, so yeah. make America great. We're on board. Make America great again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. when when was yeah. it great so much yeah, hinges on the question yeah. of like america's greatness and was well, it ever you, great well, well if you've been in, if you've <laughs> right? been if you've been into uh uh eight years in, we were eight years in power and you, and you know uh or you've read most of them but like a main theme of that is like when you get to the civil war chapter of that and you talk about how and and this is a it's a weird thing where Tony coates is uh maybe our greatest American thinker of the modern age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's not always right, but he maybe are. He's doing the work. Yeah, he's yeah, doing he the is. work. He really the, is. The, the energy is there. And, you know, a lot of his work, though, is based on that we live in a country that is built on slavery, explicitly slavery, of African people. Mm-hmm. Right. And without that, we don't have America. And we thought, foolishly, that, well, hey, we elected a black president. And it, this was the thing. But but it really just riled people up. And now uh, the real fight is here. And this is, for me, this is why I compare it to Marvin Gaye's What's Going On. Yeah. Because this is, this is a first salvo into that to be like, hey, before this erupts into the war that sadly is going to happen, let's talk. And but buried in the middle of it is the spirit of his uncle. Is this song saying all the people like we're you and me, Eduardo? We're the last to be mentioned. We, we yeah. aren't even mentioned. It's just right. implied. I think. I think there's an immigrant call out in there. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah there's yeah, an immigrant yeah. call. Yeah, which I'll take. So. Yeah, yeah. There's an immigrant call, but 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 it's talking about all the people that have been put aside by the power structure, which is not coincidentally white Caucasian America, uh, and saying, "Hey, yeah, there, there's more of us than them." And now's the time. And and we we the title generation, like this is the gener this is the time to make this happen. And it's a curious statement. And for me it's the best song of the year. Period. Yeah. Uh but it's a curious statement in an album that mostly pleads for uh understanding, intelligence, and uh, some restraint. I think. I think mostly empathy is, empathy. is what it pleads yeah. for. And I and I'm I'm gonna go to Marcus's way because yeah. he is no, like no he is no like. Uh, I'm, yeah, thinking, yeah. I'm thinking about it. Put it together because um. Yeah. All right. So I'm gonna, do okay, man. I'm gonna either, you're just fine. Just geez, Kevin. You, you if you can know. see Marcus's body right now, it's just fucking taut. Like no, he's just I'm standing just, there. He's no, like all tensed thinking, up. He's ready to like, I'm trying to get it right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I want to place locate Aaron Abernathy in Washington D.C. Um, he lives near H Street, H Street Northeast. Which in 1968 was burning. Which is across the, the river, right? Which is across the river, and not not as close to across the river. It's on the edge of being. Yeah, like no, no, no. He's he's across the river now. Yeah. Okay. So he's further. Okay. So he's further out now. So he's over the river. Okay. So this actually makes it better. All right. So at various points in Ab's last ten years in Washington D.C., he's been around H Street, and he's also been now over near Anacostia. Um, two things about living in either near H Street or over near Anacostia is if you live near H Street, you're seeing a lot of like 
gentrifiers two generations worth. Um, there are some expensive strollers now right, with on strollers, H Street. Which is kids acknowledged in this album. Gay yep. and lesbian families. Mm-hmm. Um, well-meaning people who are caught now in a really terrible situation. Like, I don't... And, and I only know this because I was, like, walking around near H Street um, for the better part of, like, a good year. Like, a year and a half ago. Um, there's a lot of kids over there who, like, are caught up too. And you hear their voices. Like, you actually, like, if you get off of the main drag well, of H Street, uh, uh, you physically hear them. And you hear them in the sense of, like, you hear them in tandem with their parents. And you look at them, and then you look at their families, and you look at these families, and you look at their eyes, and you get a sense of, like, they made it, and they're okay. And this is maybe, like, 2015-ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they yeah, made that's... it, and they're okay. But when you're a black person... And when you're in that area, you know 8th Street, the main drag, so, and what it exactly, represents. Exactly. And, yeah. and, and, so, and it's so, awkward. So, so, like when they so, go to sti- it, so when they go to Sticky Rice, yeah, that's right. Or when they go to Tokyo Underground, mm-hmm. or when they go yes. to The Blackguard, or whatever. They, name me any one of 37 w- bars. When, when I came to D.C., I, I moved over in, on 17th Street, outside, uh, right across from Congressional Cemetery. Okay. This was a neighborhood that I came to in yeah, the, yeah, yeah. In the uh, 90s to see the Rolling Stones, and I had somebody like basically almost break her window asking about crack. Literally on the street that I lived on, mm-hmm. right? And you know what? Twenty years later, I'm living in this place, and and it was then. I mean, these are things that I don't often think about people because I'm a beefy white male, right? So, right. But it was like you know, Daria and I were not living together, and she was like, "Can I come over at night?" Think about it. Like, hmm, maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe I'll come get you in my car, which is terrible because she lives up by Stanton Park. Yeah. We lived off of Lincoln Park here in D.C. and saw H Street come up. Right. From this thing. that It was all uh, D&T. It was all churches. Mm-hmm. It was all their games. There's at least three mm-hmm. GameStops, which is weird to me. Right. But that happens. Like his like games. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, 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 A lot. And it came up from that to, and, and to Lambert, Steve Lambert's credit. Yeah. Uh, he did create spaces that had like bars that were open to everybody. Right. Rock and Hotel and Red Palace, respectively. Oh, Red and, Palace. And Red yes. and the Black. Yeah. Right. Red and the Black, um, even. Yeah. And, uh, but to your point, yeah. It, if you go to the end of H Street, you get to Benning Road. You get to Benning Road. You get that whole shopping center, which. The Heckinger Mall. Yeah. Yeah. And, you get the projects behind it. You get all these things that are bumping up right onto Anacostia. And then you have, at the back end of that, you have the RFK parking lot, which bumps right up onto the, I just saw an article today, bumps right up onto um, Kingsman Island, which their their article was like, there's an island that can draw us together by the river that's separating us. Not really. And not, what's not separating? Really yeah. what's not sep- really, though. No, not really. <laughs> not really. Not really, though. And, and, and so, what's fascinating is what's separating DC. And we're getting into local stuff, but look, yeah, but it, but it look, needs guys, to be. Said, this is that's what this that's is what every makes, city in the fucking United but that's States. That's what makes Generation special. Is that yeah. 
Okay, so it's like a it's like a triple it's like a triplicate thing, and now that he's over more towards and I forgot this, he's over more towards like Minnesota Avenue now. Mm-hmm. And things you should know about Minnesota Avenue Northeast. Um, I grew up ten minutes away from there. Yeah, a um, go me. Um, <laughs> and Dean Wood, Dean, Dean Wood Dowling in the house. Shout out. Um, it's a food desert right now. You yeah. don't you don't buy food from that Safeway. You just don't. And I'm, I can call out the Safeway because everybody who lives over there knows that. You don't buy food from that Safeway. So you're and, – and the Walmart that was supposed to open over there never opened. Let's go a little deeper for that though because which, – which, which means because that – Because this they're, might they're, be a D.C. thing because no, – but, but it means that they're kids. So the, the, the kids' voices are generation. That's the part that sticks in my head the most because yeah. that's the wildest part of the song. You hear kids' voices up and down the block all hours of the day and night – Hungry kids' right. voices up and down the block. Parentless, seemingly, kids' voices up and down the block all day, all night. But in, the, in this area. and I want to back that up to, to sort of yeah. drive home the, yeah, no the importance of your point. Food desert is a yuppie term. Yeah. Okay, rural United States is just food deserts. Right. Right? The difference is... Here in D.C., in other towns, in other cities, the African-American community has been pushed outside yeah. of the place where cities are, are – like, the services are readily available. Yeah. But if you have money and if you have a job, then it's easy to drive across the river to the Harris Teeter. Right. But the reason the food desert matters here is because – Along with getting pushed out of the city, the jobs left. Right. So think about it like this. Okay, so you don't want to shop at either one of the Safeways that are within a 20-minute radius of your front door if you live on Minnesota Avenue Northeast or behind Minnesota Avenue Northeast. Mm -hmm. The only other option you have, if you don't go to the Harris Teeter that's literally a 45-minute bus ride away, is to go to Whole Foods. Right. Where you're literally buying vanilla wafers, and that's about the only thing you can afford. Right. So like, it's also it's also it's all, I mean I I was just I just got I just went to Fox Loves Tacos over here right um which is a v- primarily veggie taco shop located yeah. inside of a bike shop right of <laughs> right. course it's a good it's a it's a great taco shop too it, it's it's good but yeah. but I walked out of there with with Sasha my wife and I was like holy shit that is a that is what they call a white space <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. that yeah. is not that is that is not for the traditional it was, residents it was described of, to me and I was like how does that succeed and 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 Daria was just like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's the that's the crazy part of our generation is that like yeah. and it's and it's and it's funny because Ab I'll put it out because Ab will say it on this on a show that will be airing probably soon. A week from now. He'll say he'll say that he wants to lead DC music. Yeah. And that's the thing that he has decided. And God, God bless God him. God bless that. God man. bless Holy him shit. for saying that because <laughs> yeah. when you listen to a song like Generation, you understand that he's in this mindset. Then you hear like and the concept of generation and you when you live in the city right now and you see like three generations of people who have been triple displaced from places right. where they know and places where they live and places that they existed. And, and this is coming from not even a, a native Washingtonian. Right. He's from Cleveland. Right. He's not even from Cleveland. He's from Shaker Heights. So he's just outside of <laughs> yeah, Cleveland. Yeah, that's right. Which he talks about in the interview here, right, too. Exactly. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, like I'm when from Ravenna, to... but I can claim Mac. Right. I know. But I'm just making sure that we. <laughs> I'm just making sure that we place located Ravenna, right because it's yeah, all yeah, these yeah, are yeah, all yeah, important yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. And then it's also a man who's traveled around the world. He's seen 
the universe. Mm-hmm. And then you come back home to a place that actually, if you look the way that he looks, is not home. Right. And that's multiple generations of people with his same skin color. Yeah. And then you look at people that you're supposed to be friendly with. And this is the part that bugs me out. It's like, okay, and I'm not racist. I don't have a racist bone in my body, but. Many of your best, of your best friends. Many of my are best friends do. <laughs> I love them. Yeah. God no, bless no, them to keep no. it real. But black and white and brown and yellow and all across the map. Red too. They're they're all. Yeah. I love them. Yeah. And they they have all the bones in their body. But so it's like one of those things where you live in D.C. and if you're like a black person of like means awareness and or just wokeness, you have the ability to like cross over that triple barrier. Yeah. And be able to like stare white people in the face and DC, have conversations. He's unique in that. But, but to right. but to quote to quote something I think that you said on this podcast when we, when we were talking about the score, Marcus. Yeah. Is we were talking about Lauren Hill and you were saying there's a certain kind of type or category of black person who will just never be comfortable around white people. Yeah. Right. So I think the younger you are, the more you've, uh, the more you've become accustomed to that, to like yeah. sort of having to cross over into right. that white space or sort of be around. Right. And like you see kids, you see people under the age of 18 and they all look like UN ads. Yeah. Right. There's like, there's yeah. like, it's, it's, and it's great. It's fucking great. But like Spider-Man homecoming. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, yeah a, really. I mean, but, uh, but, uh, but, I, but I see kids that look like that all the time. So um, it's a difficult place to be if you're like just near almost between the ages of like 30 and 40. And you also yeah, remember yeah. and you also remember historically uh, in real life. Mm. All of these things, all of these like boxes for yourself and your identity. Yeah. Existing. And to be a global citizen and have to live in a place where you see a thing yeah. And you see kids who don't know any better having to exist in a space that they will never understand. And they're just going to wake up one day and they're going to be triple, bi- triple binded in and stuck behind a river and economic, you know, in, in, in you know, uh, so economic uh, it's, it's disparity. It's a very interesting point because I think, with you know, one thing, we don't need this album to bring up to, at least us, but to uh, to say, hey, hatred, racism, sexism, all these things are a reality. They're a reality we, we got to deal with. Like I'm the elder here, but you guys are getting close to forty. I mean, I, I think forty I'll be, years. I'll, is be, a, I'll be there in December. Forty is six yeah, months, yeah. man. Uh, forty is is enough years to, as I said to my uh, my family, it's enough years for me to figure out what I like. And uh, and and that's when and that's why the forties are fun. Because yeah. then you're like, all right, I figured out what I like. Now I know, yeah. Now I know. And I'm <laughs> going gonna, gonna to go forward as such. But I realized in hearing this and existing and just turning on the news today that it takes a lot for people to understand their situation personally, and but the situation they're in. Right. There's a lot. Uh, we're we're going to do a... Uh, uh, this kind of ties into something that uh, we're going to be talking about with a uh, a group this Saturday. It'll be out in a week or two about uh, sexual harassment mm-hmm. and stuff in music spaces, but in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if, if it's stuff that you don't even understand that there's a different way, then how the fuck do you... Get out of it, and and the mass 
of America right now is such that we have white supremacists marching. I, look, I love Charlottesville, but they're a bunch of hippie fucking wankers. <laughs> and you don't understand that they're surrounded by white supremacists. Don't right. knock don't knock raw milk until you've tried it, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but but uh, dude, I just almost had to cancel this because I had my mind blown by Dark Star. So I don't want to hear from anybody. <laughs> yeah. But but I, I guess my point is is that there these are very very complex things uh, that we. Sadly, as we know, at 40 or almost 40, are not going away. Right. And I look back when I hear this, and I think about what are the landmarks? When have people spoken out about it? And I always go directly back to what's going on. Mm-hmm. I, And I'm struggling to think... And and this is kind of like throwing shade at the entirety of the music community. I'm struggling to think of anything since then that is so succinctly like just tackled and been without ego. I mean, and and the weird thing is because yeah. Marvin Gaye that was full of ego. I mean, yes. well, that's, that's every every Marvin great Marvin but, Gaye song is full of ego. But at the same yeah. time, Marvin. but at the same time, something about it, some genius in that that Ab is clearly touching on possessed him to the, you can listen to what's going on and you can listen to this in the same thing. And it sounds like, oh, you took a little break and you came back. And the voice sounds a little different. Maybe the same energy is channeling through all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's the difference. I think, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. To me, it's the difference. And, um, this will tie into the next song we want to get to, but, um, it's the difference between like, coming to leadership from a space of like didactic power over music, which is I think one of the great things mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. Marvin Gaye's voice as an instrument is that he has the voice that like beats down the song where it's like, right. Boom. Okay. Right. Marvin Gaye just saying, okay, well, what else do we have to hear now? Yeah. <laughs> like end of story. And abs thing is more of a, like, and this gets to Leviticus, uh, Human Actions Matter Leviticus, which is a song about the importance of morality and, you know, understanding the necessity of creating moral order in society, which is the point of the book of Leviticus in the Bible, um, is that there's the thing that he does as a vocalist and as a band leader and as an artist and as a person that, like, welcomes you in mm-hmm. before anything else. And then the power is a shared power over the music. So it's not like, I'm going to sing the song. Boom. What's going on? Bang. You know, like when you hear what's going on, it's Marvin Gaye's statement. The Funk Brothers play on the track, but you don't care. James Jamerson, the greatest artist in the history of music, right. plays on the track. Laying on his back, by the way, when he recorded it. Yeah. But that doesn't matter. Marvin, because Gaye, Marvin, came Gaye, in. Marvin Gaye came in. Now, not with the voice necessarily, but with the, the authority. The authority. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that is something that we've, we've talked a little bit about this year. Yeah. About... The best music is authoritative. But this isn't authoritative. Not authoritarian. Right, but this is, <laughs> we but this is we not... We don't want that. Right, but this is not authoritative. It's like... No, I think it very but, much is. I, I, I think but, this, but whole, it's, this, it's, this it's album a as a way. whole is the most authoritative statement but of 2017. It's, it's but, it's, but it's gracious that, in general. Like, you just yeah, use the word gracious, Marcus, and, can, that's and that's absolutely... And, and yeah. that's actually the point of I'd the album. and collegiate or like... 
inviting some kind of like conversational it, and here's realm. Here's where we are. Here's where yeah. we are. Yeah. In this rambling like hour of talking about this, because we're not done, kids. Yet we're going to keep going. <laughs> but here's where Strap we are. In, motherfuckers. Is, is, that, is that in 2017, people have forgotten that you can be authoritative, you can be collegiate, you can be compassionate, you can be multitudes. Song of myself. Yeah. To, right. Yeah. To quote. To quote the man. Right. right. Yeah. You can be that, and he addresses that in a song that I'm going to play later, because I love it and I love the <laughs> the last line. Yes, this is yeah. the most perfect uh. last line on the album. But this is one of the this is one of the better songs, mm. uh, and this is actually after "Am I Good Enough to Love." It's the this shortest is, song on her album too. Yeah. It's two minutes and twenty two seconds. Human actions matter. I transform by the grace of God. We've all been anointed. Lord have mercy. You shall be holy because the Lord our God is holy. Goodness lives inside of you. We all have a calling. Oh, this world. Touched souls and injured hearts Trying their best to play the part Need to know God loves you And he will make you holy Bring your holiness into this world To feed the souls of people starving Love your neighbor as yourself. Love God, he's holy. And let us not forget the less fortunate. Human actions matter. Uh, Leviticus to you, Marcus Dowling, forever, because that's what he was originally called. Yeah. You know, that is a classic Mormon gay jam. And again, whether or not he uh, intentionally... Went to that well. Gotta wake the echoes, huh? Gotta wake the echoes, man. Yeah. Well, it, it's I, I I was reading this long piece the other day about um the idea. It was called I think Time After Time, not the Cindy Lauper song, although that's fine. Uh but but the idea is that we spend all of our time, most of our living now is done through is done digitally, right, and through social yeah, media, of course. And and chronological time doesn't exist anymore on any social media platform, right? right? It's not on Twitter. It's not on Instagram. It's not on Facebook. It's not, you get, you're, you're living in algorithm time yeah. where the idea is that the first thing you see is the thing that the algorithm has decided is the most important thing to you. Right. And so that all, that adds to the fact that you live all of your time in a world where your best friend from grade school can interact with like your current coworker and right. get into a fight about, uh, you know. The, <laughs> it's on my Facebook wall every the, day. The thing, the, right, the thing you just posted. So, um, but what's what's thrilling about that musically, and, and we've all talked about this in the past, when an album really excites us, like like Foxygen. What's up, more? Is this idea that like everything is fodder, right? Everything can be. Everything is kind of there for the taking, and you can bring it all together, and you can create this. I keep thinking of the word like asynchronous to describe this album because it's sort of it's well, it's modern and classic. I'll, it's forward looking and backward looking. And I'll it, say this: yeah. the the broken clock is always right. Yeah, there you go. That's the one. Like there that's what go. it is. 
Like, and this is one, and okay, so there's this thing where like people are trying to make these records now that have like a million different influences at the same time. And it's like, okay, well, I took from this, and I took from this, and I took from that, and I took from that. And I can think of like five artists off the top of my head who have like successfully explained the records to me in this way, or they thought they've successfully explained the records to me in this way. But this is the only record this year that you'll hear where it actually makes sense because soul music is timeless. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 if you nail the, the, the essence, bass, the bass needs to be strong, right? If you nail the, the essence, right? yeah. the essence yeah, yeah. of it, it's not even the bass; it's the essence. Okay, it's the fact that this record comes from God. Okay, yeah. Like if if and that's the and, and and not in a flawed sense. Like you can make a great, you can make a good. Like there are many good soul records that exist in the world. There's like a million of them, but great soul records come from God because. Soul has right. a space in the religious heritage of music and religious music almost explicitly because it is based from the Bible comes from God. All right. That's the idea. Like whether or not you believe in God or not, so, like that's the notion of it. I, so I, like, I buy that. Yeah. Right. So like in essence, that's the thing that this album does that makes it so much different than all the other soul music you've claim to have heard in the last year and have been motivated by it's an aisle of R&B. No, you, you don't because you haven't heard dialogue. And that's why it's a great record. Well, it, it, it also avoids a lot, of those, a lot of the traps in that it doesn't run away from its source. Right. I mean, he, like here, the, like here's the, Mo- the thing. Like the, Moses, like the Moses Sumney record that hits you out of the corners all the time. Yeah. Just jumps up like the boogeyman. Thank but, God. But and we'll, thank God. We'll, thank we'll God say, we'll say it the third time on the podcast is 1,000% soul music. No, like, thank God yeah. he's a great vocalist. And thank yeah. God, like, the, the, the music sounds the way it sounds. But that thing just hops out of random corners. Yep. And just boom. You're like, oh, where'd that Every come from? Every time I listen to it, it's different. Right. But... For dialogue, and and as we start to try and wrap this up a little, although we're going to play one more song, you know, it's it's a question. Do you want to have this dialogue? I mean, we're looking at the album cover. It's Ab. Mm-hmm. Uh, he looks, can, he looks look, tired, but ready to talk. Tired, ready right? to talk. Pretty black. Yeah. You very, put that, you very, put, very black. You put this in front of somebody yeah. like Lindsay Hogan, and it's like, so what, what do you think about this? <laughs> Yeah, or Jules Hale. Shout out to Lindsay and Jules. They're yeah. Two, they're, they're, yeah. They no, are, but 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 no, I mean, and, I'll, and I'll say this: in you, the, you'll in understand. The, you'll understand why 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 yeah. I said those names because we often, I I'd like to think we do it less, but we often divide our music tastes, our music, what we listen to, what we are willing to dig into based on like, oh, it's this, it's this, it's this, right? And uh, there is. A lot of that based on visuals. Mm-hmm. No, those are, those are my two whitest. Those are my two whitest female friends. Right. Uh, <laughs> like by right. far. So, so you have this. Yeah, y'all thing, are my friends. You so. have this <laughs> thing that, that, to my mind, is a very um, black album. It's a very God album. The album's like the album's blue. Yeah, like, and, it's so yeah. black. It's blue and a very God album. And a very completely like soul album that is simply asking a question of all of us: like, can we have a dialogue? Even without, gen- I mean, yep. even with generation in there being like, look, 
Generation is kind of the thing like, okay, if we can't, maybe we'll just fight. Yeah, but Generation is cool because it also reaches out to people who you want to have for allies if we are going to have a dialogue. These are the most like yes, ideal right. people yes, right. with whom we are going to have this dialogue. The the the, the they're not skits in this. They're they're quotes from mm-hmm. like civil rights leaders and whatnot throughout are very important to this dialogue uh, to and to this narrative of this album because and uh, you know, just spoil part of the interview, uh, uh we've talked to him about it. it. He doesn't know where these came from. He hadn't read his uncle's book, right? And and so they just. But he probably read, you know, James Baldwin. Yeah, he probably yeah, read the fire next time, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah. the, so the wildest thing. I went to the National African American History Museum today for the first time, like all the way through. Like I I don't know how I've like ended up in this museum and not like seen the whole thing, but I've been there for like a thing or like a thing. But this is like the first time that I got to like go through the thing. Um, there's a beautiful thing about Black history. And the fact that we're all black people and that black people, because of the nature of like our shared experience in America, there are certain things that are just us. And like, no matter who you are or where you're from, you can look at a thing and you have a shared ideal, like either pained response or positive response. And it's a beautiful thing. So like you could live in wherever or you could experience whatever and because your uncle experienced probably the exact same thing, because the tragic thing you learn if you walk through that museum is that American history hasn't been kind to black people for like 400 years yeah. in the exact same way for like 400 yeah. years. In the exact mm-hmm. same way. And you're just like, wow, okay. So like 1957 is 1857 and 2017 is 1917 and 1776 is the beginning of time. You're just like, well, Jesus, that's astounding you're just like that yeah what, what, what's going on like that that doesn't make any sense but it's the truth but there's but but you know i think i think we're this i think i think the central conceit of the album which is the idea of the dialogue um is so it, it sort of opens up i mean as as dialogues are supposed to do it just opens up the music and the content to so because the album really it's not confronting the listener as much as it is trying desperately trying to engage the listener yeah and to say, listen, we're not going to because here's the thing we live we're we're you know, our state of awareness of our problems is now like it. The language we have to talk about it outpaces our ability to solve it. We can talk about these systemic yeah. issues. We can talk about we have a name for toxic masculinity. Right. Yeah. Um, we don't have a solution for it, yeah. but we have a name for it that accurately describes it. Right. And, um, and we're, we're also like hyper stimulated to that. So we're reacting yeah. to stuff on a level that like you can't deal with anything and we're reacting and not talking. And I think that is, yeah, that yeah, is, yeah, that yeah. is the central, that is the central point here that really kind of um, works really well. And I think, and, and, you know, and in the conflict in the album, I hear, you know, I'm, um, I'm a male, but I'm an immigrant. Um, I, um, you know, my name ends in a vowel and uh, I've been in places where people have talked shit to me because of the way I look. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also... Um, Your name is Edward? <laughs> um, I've also... <laughs> <laughs> I'm also... So, but, but, but then, but like, so, so like I've been in, I've been in places in the South where people have like clearly not been fond of the way I look. I'm also, I'm also a hopefully humble but uh, gentrifier in Northeast DC. I, I moved into a neighborhood four years ago because I wanted 
uh, you know, a second bedroom and a second bathroom. And it was a historically African-American neighborhood. And so on the one hand, I have an Albanian neighbor who does international development work on one side. And I have Ashanti and Dave on the other side. And Ashanti, it's her grandfather's house. And she grew up in that house and she's lived in there for, right. you know, for years and years. And Dave, is, and, and, and Dave is a firefighter. So, you know, shout out, shout out to, to the Stronghold fam. But the point is, like, none of us are one thing, right? We're all... Exactly. Right. We're all right. we're all oppressor and oppressed. We might be more of one than the other, but Except we all Except Uh-huh. If you're a honky like me. And then you We think, got we got to find some way to oppress you, man. No. <laughs> <We> got, <laughs> no. I mean, no, no, because because you can't listen to a future actually, record, well, so, well, so, so like because, <laughs> because, because that's the thing, like that's you, his, you know his, that truth. Yeah. And uh, and here we are, Ab, we're having a dialogue. Boom. Uh you know that truth because you're an immigrant. You know mm-hmm. that truth because you're African American. Yes, but I only honestly like assume I know that truth. I I I don't see race. No, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Are you, yeah. Are you are you are you white, Kevin? Because I hadn't. I honestly don't see race, yeah, so yeah. I hadn't. I hadn't, I hadn't <laughs> noticed. Right. <laughs> but 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 it's that, it's a, but yeah. but that's what I'm saying. It's Shout like, out to living in Shaw. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> but but Oops. but but there's this uh, thing that we've done. I was talking to somebody and I, I said. You know what we have done explicitly. It was actually Tracy from Positive No. Mm-hmm. I sent her Ab's album, and she said, "You know what's a really good book into this? Jamila Woods' Heaven." I said, "It's yeah, it's not as powerful." Yeah, no, because because again, like but, the only the, the only African American female vocalist in the world right now that singing from the, with the power of the Lord mm-hmm. is Solange. Yeah, and that's just the end of the conversation. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but but one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no. yeah. So so, you know, you guys have the benefit of being like you have this built-in history, and for for something like me, however much I I want to like, I, I had a conversation with somebody today. I said, hey, they were happy we're covering jazz. I said, yeah, well, I'm not up to my chops yet. So, but I think in 2018 we're gonna dive. Into a lot of jazz because we want to we want to mix it up. Nice, and it's not it's not about hits for make us. Make it a jazz, yeah. Make it a jazz. <laughs> it's not about hits for us. It's about these conversations. Shout out to Casey. But at the same Casey, time, yeah. like I have to, as a white person who grew up in Southwest Virginia, dig to do that. Mm-hmm. Whereas mm-hmm. it's not just culturally imbued, and and somehow in my history, which clearly. Trust me, nobody in my family listened to jazz. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, but so, you know you what's know, even funnier? Nobody in my family listened to jazz. See, I'm like but, the only but one. that's weird. <laughs> I know it's weird, but yeah, nobody in my family listened to but jazz. That, but, but that's the time. That's a, that it, for, for you and for African Americans, that's a sign of just time moving on. Mm-hmm. People like me and and what uh, I, I'm going to be the representative honky here. Uh, well, see, in Brazil, I'm white. In Brazil, I'm part of the ruling class. Right. <laughs> I was going to say right. Right. Yeah. Like like in right. Rio, in Rio, I'm not like I can't like like if you're American, Kevin. If you if you go visit Rio, you are welcome to visit a favela or a, a community in Rio. Yeah. As a as a as a middle class white person in Rio, I am the fucking enemy. I rep- I represent the paved you're streets get, to them. You're getting stoned. I am I am what is I am I am the people whose tax revenues w- are, is going to the police officers to keep those people oppressed, murdered, 
utterly disenfranchised. Why are you still sitting and in the chair? Of, I'm just, I'm just saying this is, but this, but this is the point, you know, that it's, right. the, it's the we contain multitudes, it's, right? Yeah, so yeah. like, God, speaking of we contain multitudes, but, we should but, probably but, play the yeah, final should, song. We, we, that we, actually, we that's the perfect, speaking of like, got to make this a, a segue. Yeah. Because I want to assist the program. Um, <laughs> the final line of the album it's is the best line ever. It's the yeah. best line ever. Yeah. And it's funny because you hit that line as like the last line of what you said. And there's the last line of the song that is powerful in, in a similar sense to what you said. So yeah. there you go. We're going to let uh, you all discover it. Hang out for three minutes and 43 seconds. You'll find the truth. I have to wait for a miracle you can create your own if look we're not a facts based podcast and we will get ab to tell us exactly who that is uh that's not how there's just not how i experience music i i've had this thing on repeat for four months and the effect of that going from that closing line to the daily to daily prayer Right, it just sort of feeds in this perfect loop. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, it does yeah. that. It's the thing where Kendrick said you can play the do record. Do not expect it, make it. Yeah, don't dream it, be it. Since yeah. we're in, the, in Halloween season, <laughs> you know that, that's the that's the theme of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. That yeah. is, that is the theme of humanity. 
Like if we if we want to go out large, I mean it, it. There's no fate but what we make for ourselves. Yeah, in the T two parlance. Right, right, yeah. and and so this is what that track, that quote, this album all does. It grounds it in a in a message. I think it's to the world, but it's meant for specifically the African American community that he exists in, but. If we can all start a dialogue, which is the point of this, and hold things like that at the center of it, we think about like you're. I know, I, I, you're no, no, a bit, no. no, it's so, all good. So, it's all good. I'm. Let's, I'm, let's yeah, think I'm, about I'm the the, the yeah. Me Too thing that just happened, yeah. which is yeah. phenomenal and stuff. Yep, but there's. You create that destiny. The change that you want to see, you have to create. If yeah, if you want community, you have to create community. Correct. Right. If you yeah. And that simple hashtag created a community. Yeah. Out of that, what's the I mean look, hashtag activism is what it is. But something will come out of that that's that's powerful, that will change the world, that will change how we deal with sexual assault, sexual harassment, and, and everything. Inshallah. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and this is how things, folks, in case you didn't know, get done. They get done by doing them. Yeah. It's uh, okay. So, like, there's a thing where. How to put it? How to put it best? I was thinking about why you guys were talking. How to put it the best way? Um, in order to get the magic to happen in society right now, like horrible, soul crippling things have to happen. Like in order for every, yeah. in order for ninety seven percent of my female friends to hashtag me too and get mm -hmm. every single man I know to stop and realize that they may have toxic masculinity within them. Mm -hmm. I wrote a piece called um, uh, Man Throws Self in Garbage News at 11. Oh, I haven't read that yet. Yeah. I haven't, yeah. It's, it's worth a read. Check I, out Marcus on Medium, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is it worth a read? It's worth a read. <laughs> it's worth a read because I, 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 I cried after I wrote it. And I don't, okay. I don't, I don't emote when I write because that's sure. what I do for a living. Yeah. So it's like, okay, it's like I wrote it, it goes. Keep moving. Um... But you have to, like, cripple yourself or the universe has to cripple you in order for this magical change that Ab is talking about to occur. So, like, when I look at the title of the song, The Villain in Me, mm -hmm. that's the thing that comes out of you that makes the change happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's the thing that comes out of the universe in order for the change to happen. Like, sheer villainy. Like... How, like, okay, so like this goes even further back to like well, it's it's classic Catholicism, right? It's but like it, you start yeah. with the daily prayer and right. then be like, no matter what, I'm a sinner, and it. But you can. I'm not going to get into the problems with organized religion, but I am going to say is it the structure that it sets up the potential thought processes that it should guide is all lead towards self-awareness. That's the goal. 
Right. Yeah. But but there's also the fact that like America's so tragically flawed in every single way. Mm-hmm. And it took one person to get elected, like the wrong guy to get elected president. Because usually the people that get elected president maintain a status quo. Yeah. Even even Barack yeah. Ob- yeah. even yeah. Barack Obama, yeah. who is the the greatest person to ever be the president. He's the on one, that the one true president. Right, Barack he's, on Obama. That, he's on that John <laughs> Kennedy level of people that you look yeah. at and you're just like, everything about this man speaks president. But the thing that I and, and I this goes back to me to like the day that Obama got elected in 08. I felt scared. Because I was like, I mean, okay, so like, I'm a political science major, and I grew up adoring the Constitution. Right. Like, I was one of those kids that like, when you, they present the Constitution to you at school, you're just like, this is the most magical document of all time. Because, you know, 200 people sat down in 1787 yeah. in the Continental Congress and came up with this thing not, all together. Not people, <laughs> exactly. Right. White dudes. Right, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. let's but just, when I was let's in elementary hey. school, let's not call, let's not call people elementary people. school in 1985. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. That's they right. That's right. They were people. They were people. They were not white yeah. dudes at that point. They yeah. were still very much people. Absolutely. All these people to get together in this Congress and make this document. And then I, I know. So the diverse. Do- there were Quakers right. and Puritans. Yeah, I know <laughs> the document inside and out. Diversity's yeah. going to start somewhere, bro. Right. It is. The, the, the Constitution is tattooed on my skull. Uh-huh. And I'm like, wait, we elected a person who was three fifths of a person as the president of the United States. Oh, that just invalidates the whole constitution now, doesn't it? None of this stuff makes any sense. So I've been living, for me, as a black person, and I'm probably the only black person in America you'll meet that will say this. That's why I feel like I should say it on this podcast. Because, <laughs> you know, why not? I'm empowered to do so. I was like, boy, we really fucked up. Because America, not black America, but America, the largely white nation that it was in 2008 is going to wake up one day. Maybe not January 21st, maybe February the 1st, maybe March the 16th, maybe, you know, November the 7th, 2016. And say, we elected someone who is 60% of an American and we don't even think he was born here. Right. As president of the United States, we just invalidated our own thing that 200 people who look like us put together. We've been bamboozled. We've been led astray. (laughs) Plymouth Rock has fallen on our heads. Mm. If you woke up on November 7th and realized that on November 8th, 2016, you were like voting for the white guy. And then you get this album after that. Yeah. Which is important because yeah. this is the album that has to come. Because on a generation, which is the most important song on this album, at the end of the conversation, it's we talk about this album. Stress. It's the most important song of the year. It's, it's the yeah. fact that he says that everybody but cisgender straight white men have to have a conversation. Because mm-hmm. yep. cisgender straight white men woke up on November 9th. Your friends, like people who you know, we're good. No people, who, yeah, right, <laughs> yeah. right. People we're who you good, know, bro. Right. Yeah. People who you know yeah. woke up Why and not? said, "I don't care if it's Donald Trump, white guy." Yeah, restored order. 
it's also more like if someone's going to completely fuck up the country, it's going to be my guy. Right. right. If someone's going to like, like if this, if this party's got to end, if someone has to like, like the idea, like I think one of the most insulting things to that category of voter is the idea that Barack Obama presided graciously over the end of the American empire. Mm-hmm. Right. As graciously as any person could have over the end of like American hard power. And, and they were like, no, fuck that shit. Like that is not how you end a party. The nope. way you end a party is you have the worst fucking possible person on the planet, kick the door open, shit on everyone, grab women, assault them, brag about it, and then make fun of all the eggheads with their book skills and their, right. <laughs> right, and their policy chops yeah. and just show how much of an, how, yeah. I mean, so. in, 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 okay, so for eight years, the other thing that people have to understand to, to contextualize this album correctly is that for eight years, we lived in a more perfect union. We did. We tried really hard. A grand total of eight years <laughs> right. in this country's of, of history. The, yeah. of the, <laughs> despite, despite Coach's pessimism. Right. Yeah, right. Of the 241 years that America has existed, eight of them were lived att- attempting to achieve a more perfect union. Eight. Yep. I don't know what the percentages are. I usually am better than that. And the people yeah. listening who are like NRA fans or anything like that, to understand like where we're coming from, it was the first time that we felt that that maybe, just maybe, sense had taken hold for a little bit. Right. And and, and, and nothing to do with Barack Obama. I mean, it had something no, to do with but, but it. Had, but, it had, but, 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 but sense had taken hold to where like, Let's do something nice. Right. It was the, because it was, and I, I think that was the thing that got lost in it too for a lot of people was the idea that like, okay, so like we're going to elect the great black father in a lot of ways, how John Cain was the great white father. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. we're going to elect the great black father to be the president of the United States after we had the man who squandered our budget surplus. Sure. On 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 killing a man that wasn't at fault, yeah. Like let's think. Like you have to really go back to like understand like the level of flaw that allowed for Donald Trump to be elected, and we have just enough like distance away from all this now. So like, cast roles. So sense. in that room, that's on me. Right. That's me. Yeah, exactly. Dude, that's me. Right. I'm sorry. So so Donald so so Donald <laughs> Trump got elected because you know after after we watched. George H. W. Bush squander, yeah, a surplus. Now, however, Clinton got the surplus is however you want to say it. You know, like I mean, it's it's there's a lot of conversation that can be had, but we have a surplus. We had we had money. We had more. We had money that we had never right. had. We, right. we hadn't had in right. forty years in America, just sitting in a in an account somewhere, and then. This guy and about, and about and about ten percent of it went to people in our socioeconomic class. Right, it was right. just like, hey, well, yeah. and, and then and, and so everything you're talking about though comes down to the fact that people do not want to have this dialogue. But it's but it's the yeah. fact it's not even the fact that people want to have the dialogue. It's the fact that people are afraid of morality. Yeah. Like, and now that's what makes Leviticus such an important song. We actually yeah. talked about this on the. You, it will be out after this, but uh, compassionate conservatism. Right, compassionate conservatism. Like, people are afraid of morality. And not morality in the sense of, like, black people are, 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 are the great Satan and should be strung up on, on crosses. Because that was a morality play in a different era in America. Mm-hmm. But this is a newfound American morality where you say that, like, 
we were wrong. It's that German thing where you know the Germans atone for the right, you know right, for right. Mm-hmm. for you know years of you know like you know everything they ever did mm-hmm. to you know you know anybody who was uh, who was Jewish. Like, <laughs> this, well, yeah, yeah, you know, so I mean, you know, you understand where I'm going with this. Like, but, it, but it's but it's about historical reconciliation, right? And, and, and so I was I, w- I was in Rwanda in the mid 2000s, and they're doing much better at acknowledging their own genocide, right. and, and but we don't do that, yeah. And they, and they, and we they don't so do like, that at all. So, so, so the, and, that's why it's good yeah, the coast got right. into this because what, what he talks about is, is a lot about th- there's a quote. You're probably not to it yet because I'm in the middle of reading it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, uh, I'm paraphrasing and probably will fuck it up, but that no individual or nation has ever willingly given up power on a moral basis. Correct. And Collective. that, for, for me, I, and you guys, I think, know me, that's how I got my life. I mean, that's just, right. like, this yeah. is, it has to be moral. It has to make sense. I don't care about I, semantics. I don't care about anything else. I, I care about, is it right or is it wrong? And there can be, look, there's a whole... For the there's a whole Pantone, that's that's the configuration of things in there. Yeah, that's the but, thing about But America this is right what now. this album does to someone like me, who thinks like that, is that I'm like, wow, you're really exploring all this, and you and you, it's right there in the title. But you're you're exploring it in your community, but also making it accessible to the community outside you on a commercial mm-hmm. basis, but also. If you stumbled across this on the radio, just some redneck in fucking Roanoke, Virginia. If you heard Generation and you're a redneck in Roanoke, Virginia, well, you'd you be are, scared. You are yeah. picking up the, you'd be the, calling the tiki that, torch. You'd be calling yeah. that Tammy Lauren person and having yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're picking up your tiki torch yeah. and you go to Charlottesville. But, 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 but any, but, song, yeah. any but, song except for that, you'd be like, huh. I like this. But it's it pleasing. Well, and and so and so I you so know I think the lyrics. <laughs> well, I think I think just Maybe. my, you know, yeah. my my kind of closing thought on this is that um to pick up on your point, Kevin, you know, as our like when the when the history of the human species is written, um one of one of the important driving points is the fact that we have failed to create large-scale societies that that engender empathy. Yeah. And tolerance. We just we just have it. It's not it has never existed in human history on small scales. Sure. Does it even on, exist in cinema? I, I, I think it's I think it's or just, in art. It's like a Valhalla kind of thing. Like, oh, it's just right? it's, it doesn't exist. And so a Ragnarok and, type of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get there the Marvel go. money. Kids. There we there go. It is. A Xanadu kind of thing. Um, oh, oh yeah. Better. But uh, but 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 this kind this kind of art makes mm. me hopeful that that there is that like that 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 story isn't finished yet and that there might still be a version of us that can collectively build a society where we all become better and, and display more empathy toward one another, as opposed to a society where empathy is essentially a a very finite reservoir that gets chipped away. And by the time you turn a certain age, you have none of it fucking left. And all you want to do is play the zero sum game. So, yeah. So I'll, I'll say that the, 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 the sick perverse genius of the Donald Trump administration is that nothing is right and nothing is wrong. That's the perverse. Okay, so the the easiest way to confuse a liberal, and this is a joke that 
Joke. Go on. Joke. Somebody told <laughs> me. All, to, I'm all ears. Is, I'm ready to be confused. <laughs> is that what you do is that you don't pass any laws and you don't restrict any laws so that you keep people who like to protest in a in a constant state of suspended animation. Mm-hmm. So, like, you're like, uh, we're going to repeal oh, Obamacare. Oh, yeah. But you never actually... We're defend the law that you're not able to repeal. Right. But <laughs> yeah. you're never yeah, actually yeah. able to repeal it. So you're like, we're going to go... Shit, this is like a Father John Misty song now. Bro, no, we're not going <laughs> to protest. <laughs> we're going to pro... Yeah. At, at every single issue. Obamacare, women's rights, you know. Mm-hmm. And any sort of social justice concern for the next four to eight years. We're... I mean, because yeah. that's where you're going to be. It's like, because nothing's right, nothing's wrong. So that's the easiest oh. way. You keep liberals in a state of suspended animation Yeah, for four I- to eight years. And I hope that people understand this and that, and records like this are important because the best thing about music is that music makes you happy and that music calms you down. So like in the midst of like, but also in, with, a, with, a, with, a, with an album like this, it keeps you woke. So like you can't, because you can't stop fighting. You, you have to stop fighting at some point. Like, I hope everybody understands this. You have to stop fighting at some point. At some point, you can't be on the front lines. Incorrect. No, but you can't. No, but I mean, I've been like this. At some point, you reach ninja level and it becomes second nature. Right. So It's not fighting. It's just breathing. That's bad. (laughs) That's really bad because then that's that's, that's a whole other level of toxic. The thing that this does is that, and this is only given because I do yoga and I practice Pilates and all sorts of crazy stuff, but like having done like you know, breathing and stretching to this. Um, you're able to like calm down and like contextualize your issue and contextualize your angst and, and reframe. Wow. And this is the thing that you have to do with this goofball as president is that you have to reframe your argument at least every three days with this guy, at least every three days you have yeah. to reframe your argument. Like, like how long? How long were we angry about him asking the police to be rougher on people who'd been arrested? Right. That we, we only had like four hours of anger about well, that before I, he did I, something I, else that was outrageous. I, I, I mean, my my solution to that is take him out of the dialogue. He's going to do his things, and you can be oh, yeah. you can be outraged with this. And and look, right. I said this from the beginning. I said, look. This is a guy, he's going to do whatever the fuck he's going to do. And yeah, you might be like, yeah, President of the United States is news. But in this weird situation we're in, in the latter part of 2017, he's actually not. You know, this This is this vile, yes. vile force of nature that is going to do nothing but evil and talk about it in those terms. Do you know? And this is the grace, honestly, to steer back to the album of this album, is that this is the deepest dig on Donald Trump that anybody, so not, not just has made, will make. Yeah. So, um, and yeah. at no point does he be, does he specifically damn it? It is full of grace. It is yeah. full of humor. It is full of just fucking. Pure empathy. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there's that point we made about that 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 killed the gorillas record, in that it was a record about Donald Trump that never mentioned Donald Trump. Yep. This is an album about Donald Trump that doesn't mention Donald Trump to its credit. Yep. 
if you mention Donald Trump on this record, I mean, it jumps to the top of the pop charts, but it also becomes disposable. Agreed. And the fact that this record doesn't mention Donald Trump at all, but is in, is implicitly informed by the fact that this this goofball man is president. Yeah. You know, this reality TV show host is president. Like, makes it timeless. Because yeah, this is you're gonna need this rec- you're gonna need this record for four to eight years I, it, every single yeah. damn day. If, if if me and Al are traveling back to Quantum Leap, I'm <laughs> taking this record back. I'm giving it Dr. King. I'm giving it to Timothy Ann Burnside of yep. the fucking African American History to. Museum. Shout out! I am giving it to, and I have given it to Vernon Reed of Living Color. I am oh, giving yeah. it to Tanahisi Coates. I am giving it to fucking Deray McKesson. I'm giving it to fucking Barack Obama and yes. saying, guys, this is what you've been talking about. Yeah, just cool out for this a second. Is, this is what you've been talking about. So take a listen, and then let's, you got a new tool, man. I'm going to tell you the you best. You got a new tool in the toolbox. I'm going to tell you the best place in Washington, D.C., by the way, to listen to this record. It's the Blue Chair in Anacostia, because I did it. Did you? Ooh. Yeah, and it's the best place. Martin Luther King Avenue Southeast, Washington, D.C., Best place to listen to this record. Well, then we need to go there. Walking there, walking down, walking down Minnesota Avenue to get there was even doper. Like to like be on the bus and hear Generation at three forty in the afternoon when their kids getting off from school sitting on the bus is a whole other experience because you're yep. like, yeah. Wow, because it's real, and you're just like, and that's what it hit me with Generation. Because I was over, I was, I was over doing some work, and uh, I was doing some work in Southeast and Northeast, and I was just like, yeah, yeah, like this is like, like as as dire as the situation seemed, yeah. and that's the the genius of this album. As dire as the situation seems, and the situation seems really dire when you're like on like a bus at three forty in the afternoon in the middle of like. <laughs> Southeast DC, you're like, man, yeah. like yeah. this is like I could think of like five things that need to just exist in this neighborhood right now that don't exist and they're never going to exist. And that's a pain in my ass. And then like but I but I listen to this album and I'm like, you know, survival is amazing. It is. Because like all the stuff you learn, especially as black people, all the stuff you learn in just surviving is mind blowing in like how you're able to apply it to like reality. And I I think that to that point the best art comes out of Yeah. I mean, how long have I known you? Like four or five years? Yeah. Like I've always been the best artist like soul music. The best art is like essentially black artists. Like yeah, fuck white people, dude. Making we've, like we've fucking, decided that. Prince, fucking, yeah. fucking wanky ass music. And and the reason is because Nobody that looks like me had to actually like work through shit to get shit done. Mm-hmm. Totally. And you hear it, you feel it, it resonates. You can fucking touch it. You can, uh, you can pass it on to your friends, and they'll get it. And and it's just, it's not a gimmick. It's it's just, it's not like. Maybe if I do this, maybe if I pay this PR person, maybe if I buy these number of hits, it, it's it's purely look. This is our experience. It's deeper, and that's this. Yeah. 
That's all, that's always been Ab's career, but th- this like I I don't even I don't even know if there's going to be a I've listened to this for four months, and sometimes I feel like that we have done this whole entire thing just to be able to sit down here and talk about this. Like, it all went up yeah. to this. Yeah. It's a, right? it's a necessary conversation. Or, actually, yeah. I take that back to, to, to what's going to happen on Thursday. Yeah. yeah. Here, here's what's going to happen. Is that because this is so important to, like, my work is it's not important to my work at all, but my actual work. But to my lady's work, this is vitally important mm-hmm. because this speaks to African-American children who are like, oh, can I pursue music education, do something like that? And what are all these things in this? And you have somebody who, who is not out there being like, I did this, now I'm going to go fuck me 20 bitches. You have somebody who's out there who's like, the whole marketing plan for this is I want people to digest it. Why this? Why this is an? That's why this was an interview. I want to say the wildest yeah. thing yeah. about this 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 album in context to what you said. Yeah. So like most of most of the music that young um because I I my I I mentioned I'll mention Glow and I mentioned Christina mm-hmm. and I mentioned Dan sure, and I mentioned all sure, my mentees. Sure. They're all out there. Love them all. Um, most of the music that I listen to is inspired by people who take activists before getting into the uh, recording booth. So they have no pressure on them to make good music. Mm-hmm. Um, pressure makes diamonds. Yep. Um, that's all I know. So, like, that's the key to what makes this great is that Ab felt the pressure of the universe on his shoulders and did not let it crush him. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you make this album because you succeed under extraordinary pressure. Like, if Ab were a different artist, he'd be future and he'd make 44 songs. Of nebulous quality. Have you seen my dick? I bet you like my dick. <laughs> if, uh, <laughs> my dick is probably good on TV. Percocet. Like, yeah. Yeah. Molly yeah, Percocet. Yeah. Chase a check. Never yeah. chase a bitch. Yeah, that, that's yeah. not that's not the same as am I good enough to love? And that's so, the yeah. thing. It's like it's a different it's it's two sides of the, it's two completely different sides of the same coin. It's how you respond to pressure. It's how you respond to like the realities of your situation and not on like a day-to-day level, but like if you have okay, so like this is the one great thing about Ab being creative and Ab having that creative space is that as a creative, when you think about how this how life happens on an existential level, and one of those things about the digital this digital age and this era that we live in, we don't have time to think think about things existentially. Like one of the things a lot of my friends I get on them about is the fact that they don't consider them they don't consider their self their existential selves in the universe right now. And if you needed a record that wasn't Kamasi Washington's album yeah. and that wasn't like, it wasn't the Epic or it wasn't, um, the, the most re- difference. Yeah. 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 It wasn't the most recent one. Like this is like grounded in a way that is important in the same way that Kamasi's work is important yeah. in a way that like, you have to understand the existential self mm-hmm. because, that's, and I'm going to say this not to be like, you know, racist or anything, but white people don't have to understand their existential selves they don't. because mm-hmm. they, run the, they run the thing. They, they don't. We don't. Right. They don't. <laughs> right. It, it's, it's a reality. It's a reality check that people have to understand. 
So, like, as a black person, you have to understand your existential self because you have to exist in the midst of all this mess. Yep. So, like, and, and every single existential thing doesn't have to be some, like, jazzy three-hour-long album that, like, you, <laughs> that has to be, like, you know, consumed with some kind of, like, you know, alcoholic beverage in order for it to really seep in. Beauty, bro. Right. That doesn't have to be it. It can also be a, what, 40-minute album that is nine tracks long and contains oftentimes, like, you know... Yep beautiful melodies and harmonies that you can live in and you know like you know percussion driven like tracks that sound like something you might actually like yeah like so I feel like this album might have struck a nerve guys <laughs> I hope it does I hope it strikes I mean, a nerve like yeah, when, it just that I wanted to hear I'm not sure yeah. this is a dialogue Ab wanted us to have but we're just because we're at an hour and 35 but that's fine because this is what what we do down here uh to wrap it up the, look we don't do ratings anymore we we have we have shuffled their moral coil and uh Boom. so we, we look for the pros and cons of this because we hope we explain this area but uh, but i will say this is this the best album in 2017 yes okay if 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 there's any justice in the universe no just it's a yes no. or no yeah yes it is but okay. if if i'll also say if there's any justice in the universe like I know that okay. So as a member of Kokai, Grammy, as a member of Grammy, I'm not even going to shout out to Kokai because Kokai already know we already talked, we already had this conversation. <laughs> but I'll just pay off everybody else in the world that that isn't Kokai and I sitting in Kokai's car driving down Eighth Street having this conversation while listening to this album. Mm-hmm. Um, things that happen. Um, if there's any justice in the world, like people that give awards to records should give this record an award. I don't. I don't care if it's uh, you know like. Pitchfork Best New Music, or a Grammy R&B Album of the Year, or a Soul Train Award, or whatever you want to give it. Like, it deserves something. It does. Because, Christ, it's great. The biggest thing it deserves is that all of you listening to this, listen to it, turn 10 to any of your friends onto it. Buy it, buy it on Bandcamp. There's a, there's a good chance, I think if you get the vinyl, it looks like it was hand-addressed by uh, the man himself. The vinyl was hand-addressed, yeah. if you know that sort of thing. It's, yeah. And actually, it sounds phenomenal. <laughs> but, uh, but, but uh, yeah, it's... Uh, get a copy, pass it on. You know, I, I said the last Monday, we talked about Tomasi Washington. And I said it by five copies and uh haven't had anybody hit me up mm. i'll buy 10 of these and uh i'll throw in five too all right oh no, and that's like straight yeah. up like i'm not bull bullshitting let's anybody. do it the first the first 20 people right first 20 people the first 20 people yeah first 20 people who, yeah, who are listening to this and they're like i really want to give money to support this type of thing then you don't have to give money just hit us up and uh, and promise us that you'll go see him when he's out there. Yeah. And because, yeah, I, I mean, I mean, it was kind of rhetorical. This is the best album in 2017. Yeah. By 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 a large, in in by a large and ridiculous margin. It's not it's not even fair. It's not even. <laughs> this is the only this is this is the only album that 2017 needed to spawn. How about that, <laughs> bang. Yeah. And look. Well, I, I'm gonna love Foxygen forever. Foxygen was such a such <laughs> but, a moment. We were we were in a much different place then. Yes, and hanging hanging behind this, you got Moses Sumney. 
Moses, you got you, you got to get with the soul. Moses just needs to accept. Accept. Yeah. Accept. Accept. Accept the tradition. You shout, are part shout, of, out, shout out to Bree for starting that conversation. Because, yep. yep. but but also yeah. also, and I hate to say this, Josh Tillman. Yeah, no, good on you, bro. Yeah, these are these are the artists. These are, that, these are the heavy hitters. These are the us, artists yeah. that are in the year 2016. Uh, Paul and I were talking about this. 2016 was a year where basically we were unfairly rewarded with kick-ass music. It was amazing. Everything mm-hmm. was fucking amazing. It's like a fucking Lego movie. No, it's but but what we have found this year, and I have no problem saying this and standing by this, shit has sucked. Yeah, and it it's unclear how much as a result because look, Trump obviously affects the artistic community more than he affects a the gun loving community. <laughs> But 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 shit has sucked. And there's a, and, and, there's a real there's a real funny funny point about that. I just want to make it's related to Ab's albums, related to like music in general. Um, the two communities that have benefited the most from Donald Trump, um, soul music and country. Yeah, because yeah. it's 1957 again. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that, that, that's pretty. That's pretty yeah. on it. Um, but but yeah. So so very few people have risen to the challenge, but. Um, Ab wins. Here, here. By and, far, like as many great country albums as there are, none of them can do anything close to what Ab does. So, like, it's just not just to shut it down. Yeah, yeah. Shut it down. Go home, everyone. Mid- Midland, you're number two. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> Midland and Sam Outlaw, you still have to fight it in Thunderdome. Because <laughs> Ab, Ab just walked in and just just, just took yeah. it and was like, yeah. yeah. It's gonna be it's, it's gonna be okay, kids. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, all right. We'll, we'll be pimping this out more, but we're trying it out. Yes. Of course. Hey, what freedom is to me? No fear, 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 fear. I mean, really, no fear, fear, fear. It was a nice long dialogue uh, inspired by and about uh, our friend Aaron Abernathy's new masterpiece entitled Dialogue. Um, I hope I uh, hope you stuck with us to the end. I hope uh, and I hope like listening to the music and like hearing us talk and whatnot and sort of like maybe inspired you to talk. Sit down, have some friends over, and actually talk about the the important issues and see if you don't come up with uh, some solutions, or at least, you know, get the old juices flowing. You know, often lightning doesn't strike once, you know, or it do- inspiration doesn't strike all at once, but um, but uh, if, you, if you lay the groundwork for it to uh, to happen, uh, eventually you may receive. That's certainly what Mr. Abernathy did uh, with Dialogue. Um, like I said, that, this is the this is the best album of 2017, as far as I'm concerned, and it, is, it came at exactly the right time uh, when we all need something like this. So congratulations to you, Brother Abernathy. Can't wait to see what you do next. And uh, 
just congratulations. You put this thing out in the world, and the world's a better place for it. That's the end of this podcast and our podcast for this week. If you liked what you heard, uh, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Apple Music, Apple Podcast, uh, and leave us a rating or a message there. You can also listen to us on Google Play, Mixcloud, or Stitcher. Um, you can always listen to us on the site at www.chunkyglasses.com. If you go there, you're going to see the fantastic work of one Matt Condon and one Mauricio Castro out there every night shooting live stuff for us. Uh, Matt just shot the Foo Fighters here at the uh, Anthem opening, and, and uh, which is basically a giant, giant venue in Washington, D.C. Uh, and uh, that's up there. The photos are astounding. I'm actually in the process of editing... Mauricio shooting a show there. Uh, LCD Sound System kicked off their tour right here in Washington, D.C., so we're going to have that. That might be up uh, before you listen to this. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, but they're out there doing the hard work, and uh, and uh, they're, they're, for my money, the best in the biz. Uh, also, look forward to on the site. You know, We just brought on a, a small team of people to start uh, reviewing tracks again, and I'm actually really excited about this because I'm, for once, not the person like directly involved with this. So, Look, I have my own processes of finding music. We all do. Every music journalist, enthusiast, whatever, does this. But this is now. This is gonna be like four or five people who uh, who are just sort of winging it with the guidance of Michael Zwern. You've heard him on this podcast, and uh, so I get to wake up in the morning and see, like, and hear about new music on my own damn site, and that's pretty exciting. After seven years of doing this, uh, you know, you get you get in your patterns, and uh, and I like to uh, break those patterns. So this is. This is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. Might even get see me writing about some some music now and again, because uh, it's been a while. Um, as always, thanks to our site hoster, Squarespace, and our podcast hoster, Pippa. Pippa.io. If you want a podcast and you want a podcast free for right now because they're in beta, go to Pippa.io. They will set you up. Uh, you have to come up with the content. Please do not put wasteful noise out into the universe, but... Uh, they every, they'll take care of everything else and uh, get you like locked in with like iTunes and and it's just a great service. They're great people over there, uh, trying to make the best damn podcast platform on the planet. And I think they're well on their way to doing it. Also, thanks to Mr. Jamal Gray. He is the guy, uh, one of the guys running stuff over at Uptown Art House right here in Washington D.C. And he's killing it. But it, when he's not doing that, he's 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 guiding. Nag Champa, who we are eagerly awaiting their uh, debut LP. He's uh, started another bank of Reaganomics, Ray Gun. Uh, they're starting to do a little tour that features members of Nag Champa in that. And uh, and the music you're hearing right now underneath this, Aquatic Gardener was uh, it was a EP put out by Jamal under that name last year, late last year I believe, maybe early this year. And he graciously has allowed us to use that as sort of our. Uh, Sort of underlying music in this. It's been uh, it's been great. Uh, been too long, Jamal. If you listen, we need to catch up. Been quite a while, actually. That's on me. I'm gonna go out to Uptown Art House one of these days. You guys can come with me. How about that? Uh, if you really, really like what we're doing and you feel that you want to support it with money, uh, I encourage you to do that too. We are at Patreon.com/slash/ChunkyGlasses. Now, the thing about this site that may be different than a lot of other sites is is this is a completely uh, volunteer-based site, but it's also, you know, we get heavy hitters in here. We get Marcus Dowling, we get Sarah Godfrey down here, Marcus Moore from Bandcamp. Uh, we've had people through here that work at, like, the IMP and the 930 Club. Uh, 
you know, it's sort of an incubator for, for doing weird stuff around music journalism. Um, and we try to guide that. And, uh, and as such, it's been a completely unpaid thing for everybody. And uh, so we said, you know, when we took that break, I said, hey, you know, why don't we try to get some money for you guys? Uh, because the amount of work that I've seen these people do for nothing is astounding. And it's simply based on their passion for music and their desire to talk about it. So that's what we're doing. You can go there. Uh, you can support us by episode, by month, by week. Uh, any amount will do. Uh, that gets split evenly between all the contributors. And uh, and so get on that. Mr. Justin Bland, who used to be on this podcast a lot, uh, he is our sole contributor right there. Join him. Don't leave him alone out there. We appreciate his five bucks a month, but guys, gotta 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 help him out. Make him look good. Um, so you can do that. And then, uh, like I said, coming up on Monday, we have the uh, Girls Against conversation. Then we're going to be talking. You're going to hear the interview with Ab. Beyond that, uh, Mr. Dowling and I sit down and review some country. His Midlands album, uh, On the Rocks, which is fantastic. And then uh, we got a little fun thing that we're going to do for Halloween. Um, kind of a secret, but uh, if you know me, you can probably guess what it is. And that is it. We are out of here. Uh, get out and see some live music, kids. Enjoy your friends. Enjoy your people. Uh, until we see you again, be good to your ears, but be better to your people. Talk to you soon. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Kenobi. <laughs>